Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by FreshBooks. Go to FreshBooks.com slash Grumpy and to Grumpy Old Geeks in the How Did You Hear About Us section to get your first month of unrestricted use absolutely free with no credit card required. FreshBooks, it's what accountants crave. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo here with my co-host. I'm Brian Schulmeister. What a fun week it's been. Uh, I'm pretty damn <laughs> depressed, Jason. Not going to lie. Uh, yeah. Most people I know are kind of walking around in the days. I think it's, you know, obviously it, it's, you know, here we are. It's America. We're going to move forward and we're going to do our show and do what we do and stay mostly away from politics. Although I don't know about you, Jason, but even trying to find stories this week. Uh, even tech stories are are politically tinged right now. It's impossible. Uh, you, you can't <laughs> can't find anything that is just straight out not. Um, yeah, yeah. It's wow. been one of those. No, I I literally threw up yesterday. Like just the stress it's, and um, the anxiety got to me so much. I just couldn't take it. I'm like better out than in, and maybe the feeling will go away. And unfortunately, it didn't. So just gotta gotta power through it. Move on. It's yeah. It's just that. Uh, it's that shock of. Finding out that the country that you thought you lived in isn't really the country that you're living in. Yeah. So here we are. There we go. Uh, speaking of that, Black Mirror makers had to confirm that the U.S. election is not actually an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, I think everybody made that joke yesterday. That's <laughs> particularly funny coming from Black Mirror, though. Yeah, so it was good that they, they stepped up and said, nope, nope this is all you. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Uh, I've also got a link in the show notes. This is a segment that ran on CBS last Sunday uh, prior to the election, and I had put it in the show notes saying, surely the way that things will play out, I won't we won't be talking about this, but uh, <laughs> we, we're going to be talking about it. Uh, it. It's a really good read. It's a good read. Watch it. It's it's worth watching. It's it basically telegraphed exactly what was going to happen. Um, they talked to this uh, guy. um uh, who basically has just done focus groups for a living. His name's uh, Frank Luntz. Uh, he's been doing this forever, uh, 20 plus years doing focus groups, usually politically motivated. Uh, and he gets into how national discourse has basically fallen apart. Uh, we no longer are even capable of discussing things with each other. Uh, there's no civility in it whatsoever. And they get really deep into it and start to talk about how social media is part of the problem. And and the way that just our technological supposed connectiveness is actually dividing us more than anything else uh, these days. And I was really depressed after watching that. And I was like, well, well, you know, whatever. Come Tuesday night, I'll be fine. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think and, and it comes back to something that we we discussed uh, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago on the show, which mm -hmm. is that, you know, what happens is you get to these insular echo chambers by just yep. talking to your friends and people that don't have a differing opinion. Then you get a really thin skin and you think that everybody <laughs> outside of your group is the enemy. So, yeah. And it just goes yeah. round and round and round. So um, after all of this and just all the miserable anxiety that I'm sick of feeling, I'm I'm yes. taking a, like a couple months social media break. I can't read about it anymore. I'm just turning it off and putting my head down and getting to work and getting getting uh, my job done because I, I just can't take it anymore. I need a break. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people posting similar things that are basically saying, you know, I, I have to be here every now and then for work or work related items, but I will not be posting. I will not be responding if you want to get in touch with me do it the old-fashioned way 
Yeah, basically, so. it's just I, I keep it for my logins, you know, things that I have to log <laughs> into. But beyond that, it's like I don't want to read it. I don't want to see it. I'm keeping Instagram because that's, you know, a pretty easy one to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fine, I guess, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally had to cave in. I've uh, ordered an iPhone 7 Plus. Oh, I knew you would. Well, my phone stopped working. I can't. <laughs> It's uh, it's just a piece of hardware that's not working all the time because of the the touchscreen just going dead on me. So yeah, um, it works well enough where I can still turn it back in and get like two hundred and fifty bucks out of it. So I'm like, <laughs> best do it now before it you know really goes tits up. That's true. That is true. Speaking of which, I've got to go look at some of my own. I still have some old technology around. I got to sell that stuff. Get rid of it. I got an iPhone one. I got a razor that was made in Thailand. Uh, a cracked iPhone 4s. <laughs> I got a 5S <laughs> and, a, yeah. and a flip phone somewhere, another flip phone. So um, I think I can probably get about $12 for them in recycling fees, if that. Awesome. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to need it. I need my Coors Light money because <laughs> this, is a, this is a sustained assault on my liver, and I can't, I can't afford to go with the good stuff for the next four years. So you got to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd recommend starting high class, then tailoring it down. That's, that's the way that one should work. So, you know, for the first year. At least, you know, mid-shelf, you can then go down a little bit near two. And then your three and four, you can go straight up PBR. Well, see, you know what? I did that all, but I compressed four years into one evening. So I started with with a little something, which is, you know, good beer. (laughs) Then I moved down to Fat Tire. And then after that, it was straight to the Coors Light because the writing was on the wall and it was just time. (laughs) It's like, okay. Yeah. That and I'll fit in more. (laughs) That's true. Yes. I'm going to be part of the resistance. I must... (laughs) to have my cores light the fifth column yes and as far as cheap beer goes it's not bad i don't mind it it's it is what it is it's fine it's better than bud that's true yeah um so another interesting thing's been happening this week um i mentioned that i'm sticking with my instagram for you know yes. that and my UPIC site uh because it's just photography based and i like doing that it calms me down uh about uh, 20 to 30 times a week people try and steal my instagram account Really? It's getting ridiculous. I'm getting, I get password resets for that account, you know, that many times a week. It, it's just pictures of his dog, people. They want the username. I have a three letter Instagram username. <laughs> is that it? Yep. Uh, I, is that, that's worth something? People message me all the time to try and buy it. And when I tell them the price, I never hear from them again. People are offered me, like, hey, uh, you want to sell your name? I'll give you $125. I'm like, <laughs> 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 two zeros on the, on the back of that, and then we'll talk. But okay, that's that's odd. Yeah. All right. All hey, right. Man, well, Twitter yeah. usernames were going for twenty, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars at its peak. So yeah, I guess people are crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody, leave Jason's Instagram account alone, please. Do and if you want to, if you want to follow me, it's at Instagram.com/slash/JPD. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and finally, I posted in a little thing from the. I haven't been watching the Family Guy religiously. I have a feeling that I will be needing these comedy shows in my life more often now. So I, I expect a full return to Family Guy and probably South Park as well. Uh, but a friend of the show, uh, Hannah, actually forwarded a clip to me of them making fun of Uber, and it's very funny. I, I almost spit some cores out of my nose when I watched it. <laughs> so if you need to chuckle, please check out our show notes. Uh, GrumpyOldGeeks.com slash whatever episode this is. Death of Society. 185. <laughs> oh, that one. Okay. Oh, and I did want to ask people, if you haven't done it yet, please go to GrumpyOldGeeks.com slash survey and do our 30-second user survey. We've got, uh, we need a couple hundred more people to sign it up till it's uh, done and ready to go off to the presses. So pretty pleased with sugar on top. 
30 seconds, yes. grumpyoldgeeks.com slash survey. You can do it right there on your phone, and it takes no time at all. We can't, we don't yep. put the link anywhere because it taints the results, apparently. That was what I'm told by the uh, the agency who needs us to do it. So we just mentioned it on the show. So grumpyoldgeeks.com slash survey. 30 seconds, please. Thank you. In the news... Well, we haven't really had to think about this. Um, we would have had to regardless of who ended up winning, so we'll just talk about it anyways because I think this is interesting. Uh, the White House will be keeping alive Obama's tweets uh, before the 3 a.m. wonder starts taking it over. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so there's a digital transition strategy. This is super interesting. We've we've never had to really deal with this before. So what is going to happen with the, let's see, they say uh, more than 470,000 We the People petitions, nearly 30,000 at White House tweets and thousands of hours of video footage. What happens when the next administration takes office? They have a plan. Uh, they will be moving things. Well, first off, everything will be archived uh, with the National Archives. Uh, one would assume because it's government, they will print each tweet out individually. I'm kidding there. Um, <laughs> it's not far from the truth, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Uh, and well, they've they already got every tweet keep... ever made, so. That's true. You just ask the NSA for it, so you're taking no, no, care. No, no, no. Every, every tweet that's ever made goes to uh, the uh, the Congressional Library or the oh, whatever. Okay. Yeah, that, that happened a couple of years ago. It's pretty interesting. Well, that's why, fantastic. you know, if you're going to say something against somebody, do it uh, on Facebook where it's private. <laughs> Snicker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and they'll be adding uh, they'll be creating new accounts and adding the number of the president to the end of it. Uh, so it will be at POTUS 44 and move everything over to there. Uh, amazing. The kind of stuff that you can get Twitter to help you do and service uh, which any normal human being could never get any even vague response from. Uh, speaking of which, I think I forgot to put in the notes uh, that the guy who runs Twitter's uh, 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 <laughs> Twitter's uh, God damn it. Verified? I, I, uh, no, not the yeah. verified. The the bit that takes money from people. Um, <laughs> the, the ad the ad thing and all that is quitting, which uh, if you heard me talk about that three weeks ago, they refused to even try to take my money. So good. Anyways, yeah. you can't get anything done with Twitter unless you're an ex-president. Seems to be the case. <laughs> That's about the only way to do it. <laughs> well, yeah. it seems like anybody can become president now. So all you got to do is jump up and you'll get uh, your Twitter handle verified. There you go. Just win an election. Uh, we've talked about universal basic income before, and uh, there are some people out there that are really starting to uh, think about this kind of thing and starting to run some uh, experiments. Uh, Good. I would have liked. I would like to have heard this discussed at some point in this campaign. I think this is um, a sad reality that we're going to have to get to. Again, all I've been doing is saying on the show is that we're rocketing towards having, you know, the Star Trek "We don't need people to work anymore" thing without the backup of the actual economy. So this is a method of that. This is uh, we do not have enough jobs for people anymore because we have automated so many things. Here's some damn money so you can survive. Yep. And the big question is, what's going to happen when we have a universal basic income? Because they, they did some experiments on mice and apparently they often became uh, extinct. <laughs> the populations became extinct because they didn't have anything to do. But then you look yeah. at look at places like ancient Greece where everybody had slaves and they didn't have to do anything. Then they could focus on art and things like that. So yeah, well, you need to have. It's, it's like you know, it's like we're dealing with things like our parents retiring and things like that, and you you need to have a damn hobby. You can't just do nothing. So uh, we could have a whole new renaissance in the art world and all that sort of stuff. You've got to be kept busy. You can't just take money. So. No. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> and we could we could use some more comedians because, you know, the next four years, comedy is going to thrive. That's always the, the upside of having the Republican president is comedy is gold in those uh, those cycles. That is true. So we'll have a lot of that. Uh, let's go on to drone news. Uh, Disney drones disneyland here in southern california uh has been under a no-fly zone as part of a 2003 law that was written in response to 9-11 terrorist attacks uh same kind of restrictions that you see on sporting events the white house and other high-profile sites however the faa have now issued a waiver to disneyland which will allow them to fly their own drones over their grounds um with some very specific uh, things that they put in, like the drones have to stay 100 feet away from any guest area at all times. Uh, so they're basically going to be flying them over water elements and restricted areas, meaning the areas where only employees are walking around in backstage. They're going to start initially using something called Flixels, a type of drone designed by a Berkeley-based robotics company that will be incorporated into the nighttime fireworks shows. So drones will be carrying fireworks throughout the sky. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Oh, let's think about that one. Well, yep, there you go. Uh, I will be. I will go down and take a look at this when they start it, and I will report back if I survive. <laughs> okay. Yes. Don't don't get blowed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Go. So uh, I was checking out the Adobe Max Creativity Conference that uh, happened last week, and uh, <laughs> they have this insane new tool called Voco. Which, this is uh, not good. <laughs> this is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. So you give it about 20 minutes of regular audio of a person, and then you can yep. just type in whatever you want it to say, and it sounds exactly like the person. Uh, PIs yep. everywhere have just, like, shit the bed. <laughs> How can you do audio surveillance now if uh, you can just uh, type in whatever you want? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it throws a whole, you know, I, a whole lot of things are just out the water now. Any kind of audio recording of anybody is can no longer be used for evidence in anything. Well, they're saying that they know that this is an issue and they're going to try and do they're doing working on watermarking technology. But will that technology like, you know, if it goes through three layers of, you know, ambiguity, like, you know, OK, I play the recording through the cell phone to another recorder, then play yep. it back over Skype, you know, yep. that has compression and all this other juju in it. Can you lose the watermarking? Will it still remain? You know? Yeah. Or will you just be able to buy a, you know, a little black hat uh, piece of software that just strips the watermarking automatically? Yeah. No problem. Yeah. I mean, obviously this is going to happen. So this is cool, but bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely technologically, it's insanely cool. Um, and the demo was was pretty ridiculous. So, I mean, if this really works that well and, you know, then it's only a matter of time until we're going to be able to do the same damn thing with video and game over. Well, and here's the here's the fun part. Well, I mean, we can do it with movies now anyway. Um, yeah. But uh, we can just type this podcast. We won't even have to show up. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, pretty good. For, OK, next uh, within like a year, we're just going to be going uh, Siri, go do my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. We'll have an if this, then that script to go get all the links for the week, find something snarky, put in a few swear words, and then out the door it goes. Yep. And profit. <laughs> and well, like, that part never seems to quite fall in, does it, Jason? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So wow. we have Snapchat spectacles now, Jason. Spectacles, testicles, wallet watch. Yes, indeed. Well, 130 bucks. And the only place you can get them right now is in your neck of the woods. I did see that, and somebody posted a photo of 
of people lined up, one assumes Snapchat employees, because how else would anybody have found out about it and who else wants to go buy these damn things? Uh, people are lined up uh, in front of this gigantic yellow monstrosity to get their Snapchat spectacles out of a box. They apparently sold out first thing in the morning, like right away. So they've been trying to refill it, yeah, I guess. Well, and I mean, then it stopped working. Know, it's, it's a publicity <laughs> It's a publicity stunt, so of course, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but now, you know, they're, they're moving into AR, especially with these uh, with these things. So you'll be able to do rainbow vomiting clouds around your surroundings while you're wearing them. Isn't that exciting? It's so exciting. Yay. Fuck, fuck cancer. We need rainbow vomiting clouds. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad we're addressing the important parts of the world. So good times. Um, speaking of that, Instagram is confirming it's going to work on live video because everybody is so into Facebook live video uh, or all the other programs out there that do live video that nobody is really caring about anymore. And it's basically just chicks trying to get you to buy packages of their videos. Yeah, Meerkat, Vine. What, what happened to those guys? Hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's that all going? Oh, people using parachute left, right and center. Yeah. That Facebook live is taking off, too, isn't it? Mm hmm. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Another place to do things that nobody wants. Great. People are sick of uh, watching you eat you, your lunch. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, YouTube is having trouble getting people to pay for YouTube. Shocking. Oh, give something uh, away for 20 years and then ask, ask them for a handout. Hmm. Exactly what the article states. According to multiple sources with knowledge of the situation, this all sounds so secretive, YouTube Red has 1.5 million paying subscribers as of late summer, with another 1 million users signed up on a trial basis, thus not paying any fee and probably canceling it. Uh, those numbers, as they say, underscore just how difficult it is to convince millions of people to pay for something they've had free access to for over a decade. Mm hmm. What? If you've no. ever, I mean, that's one of the things that we've had to deal with in the past when we build a website and then people want to come in and put a paywall on it. We're like, you're not going to make any money. You're just going to get rid of your audience. It's the fastest way to go out of business is to ask for money. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of that, would you please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG podcasts? Pretty please. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and LinkedIn is making some interesting decisions right now. Uh, they would like to know exactly how much money you're making. Not much. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's your annual compensation like? Do you get a bonus? What is your stock compensation? LinkedIn would like to know all this. They have added this uh, collection to their collection of user data. Uh, in the theory that you would like to know what the average salaries are for the work that you are doing in the city or area that you may wish to do it. It does seem a bit like a helpful tool to begin with because this is usually private and, you know, it can be very difficult to figure out what you should be making or what other people in your position are making. Um, you can get this information if you give them your information or if you buy one of their premium accounts. It is not available for free. And let's all keep in mind that LinkedIn has been hacked a number of times. So go ahead and put that information in about yourself. Yeah. Sounds 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 like a great idea. That's just what I want to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh speaking of LinkedIn, uh you won't be getting them in Moscow very soon because uh Russia is going to block them because they have decided that uh if uh, you're getting data on Russian citizens, your servers must be on Russian soil. Well, huh. LinkedIn says no, yet. Not yes. a, not going to happen. And so Russia says, well, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, smart on Russia, although does it really matter? I mean, where your physical location of where your server is is much less important than what you're doing to secure it. Well, not if you want to go raid it if you're the Russian police. If you're the FSB and you want to go get some uh, data on your citizens, why would you not want to have the servers in the country that you can seize? Well, it definitely makes it easier. I'll give you that. Yeah. No, All right, no, hacking, about no hacking required. <laughs> 
Let's talk about something really important that happened. Okay. Toblerone has changed its iconic shape. <gasps> what, and they've what, done it to give you less chocolate. Oh, go figure. <laughs> Bastards. Yes, loyal fans of Toblerone. Are there loyal fans of a candy bar? I don't know. I, I, All right. Well, they reacted with horror and surprise on Tuesday while the rest of us were acting reacting with horror about something important. Because they've discovered that the distance between the triangular chunks in their favorite chocolate bar have expanded overnight. Mondelez International, the company that produces the airport shopping staple, that's kind of funny, nice. uh, blamed rising ingredient prices for the change. By adding space between the triangles, the company was able to keep its bar's original packaging and length, but reduce the amount of chocolate. Otherwise known as they trick you and fuck you. Yeah. Hershey's, yeah. Hershey's did this a long time ago. It, it was yeah. a, there was a whole big kerfuffle back when Hershey's did it. And Toblerone will get away with it, and people will still keep, keep eating it. When you're, in the, when you're in the airport and you need a you need your Choco fix. They'll still do it. I haven't had one since like a flight a couple of years ago. But now I want one. <laughs> See? It worked. <coughs> this episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by FreshBooks. Now, we've talked about FreshBooks on the show. They've been a sponsor for a while now. And I love FreshBooks. I'm not just reading off a script here. I adore FreshBooks. I use them every week for my invoicing. And if you ever have to invoice somebody, you know what I mean by like when you had to go in the old days, dig up the Word doc, duplicate it, fill it in with all the new stuff, save it, like hope you can find it later when you need to go back to it. FreshBooks takes all that away. Set up your clients, set up common tasks like maybe say podcast editing, generate an invoice in seconds, email it, or you can even send it by snail mail if you want. Then you can see when your client opens that email, and if they're using the PayPal method to, to actually send you money, it will close the invoice for you. It'll say, hey, this has been paid, send you an email, and you can send reminders to your clients as well. And their new design is unbelievable. With everything on the web just turning into a pile of poo with design, FreshBooks has taken the opposite approach. It is clean, it is easy, it is beautiful. You would not think this is accounting software. It is so easy to use, and I'm not an accounting guy. I hate doing accounting, and I love checking in with my FreshBooks account just to see how much money I'm owed or how much I'm not, because maybe I got paid. All in all, FreshBooks is an amazing tool. They've got a ton of stuff. You just got to go check out the free trial. Go to FreshBooks.com Grumpy, and when you check out in the How Did You Hear About Us section, please enter Grumpy Old Geeks. Oh, and did I mention? No credit card required. It will make your life so much better. Trust me on this one. Hey, and if you don't trust me, here's Jason Bryant to tell you how much he loves FreshBooks. You know those ads at the beginning of shows that have nothing to do with the show you're actually listening to? Yes, the annoying pre-roll ad that the host is trying to nickel and dime every little cent out of you for? Well, go back, rewind, and listen to the one before this show. That's right, FreshBooks. Grumpy Old Geeks has turned me on to a product I actually freaking use. My name is Jason Bryant from MattTalkOnline.com, and guess what? FreshBooks, because of Jason DeFilippo and Brian Schulmeister, the Grumpy Old Geeks, the promo code GRUMPY, I'm actually on top of my finances. How much so? I found 500 bucks that I'm owed from somebody. Use FreshBooks. The geeks will thank you. Security? Ha! We are back again this week with our good friend Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. Let's talk some security, Dave. Hello, gentlemen. So what's going on this week? Anything, anything happening? Any, anything newsworthy? Anything going on? 
Anything? Uh, in the world? Mm-hmm, yeah. no? I could uh, use, use some uh, some Xanax, <laughs> but beyond that, uh, uh, I'm I'm still drunk. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Drinking yes. early today. Just drinking drinking through. Yeah. 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 Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's dive in. Uh, obviously. Um, you know, I think lots of people were surprised uh, and uh, perhaps shocked is a better word uh, at uh, President-elect Trump's victory on Election Day. And of course, uh, for those of us in the cybersecurity biz, uh, that means uh, what's going to happen next? What happens? Uh, what has he said he's going to do? What um, What do we expect he's going to do? What can he and can he not do? Um, on the plus that's side, the job, one. job security, right? <laughs> there, there is, yes, there is job security. Uh, you know, cybersecurity was going to be a major growth industry regardless of who won, but uh, I think this <laughs> uh, certainly throws a lot of intrigue into it, uh, if nothing else. So um, a good article this week in, uh, in uh, Christian Science Monitor, their passcode uh, section. Sarah Sorcher, uh, who is their cybersecurity reporter, does a really good job rounding up uh, what we do know and don't know about Trump's uh, stance on cybersecurity. The article's called What Trump's Victory Means for Cybersecurity. Um, and, and you know, Trump has said he, he actually does have a cybersecurity plan on his website. Um, is it the one his 10-year-old wrote? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, what we would consider to be uh, substantive details. Um, it's going um, to be the best, though, and it's going to get the job done. It is, and we'll have to deal with okay. the cyber. <laughs> right? Do we need? We need that, to say that's more. That's enough for me to vote for him. Apparently, yeah. Let's I, make I security great again. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, we, of course, we were joking about someone sitting on their bed who weighs four hundred pounds, um, yes. which we started. We've started referring to on the CyberWire as a hacker weight. So one hacker weight equals four hundred pounds. Um, but um, you know. I, it's interesting because obviously uh, Mr. Trump himself is not sophisticated when it comes to computer use, but um, you know people are speculating that perhaps he doesn't even know how to use a computer. People um, are but speculating that he doesn't know how to read. So. He is, he well, is strangely like a millennial in that aspect, and that he doesn't really know the inside and outs of how computers work, but he can tweet like a mother offer. Well, but I, I think it's interesting uh, that actually, you know, NPR confirmed that uh, Hillary Clinton does not know how to use a desktop computer herself. Her her uh, <laughs> her technical prowess is limited to her BlackBerry. Um, and obviously, you know, we don't have to go into the uh, her, her infamous email issues. But, yeah. um, you know, certainly uh, President-elect Trump, um, not sophisticated when it comes to cybersecurity. So he will be depending on the people around him. Um, and and there are more concerns about uh, his connections with uh, the Russians, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think I think it is worth noting that um, there have been a lot of uh, breathless stories about what does this mean for the National Security Agency um, and and uh, the FBI agencies like that. Uh, Trump has said that he wants to bring back. Uh, surveillance and, uh, you know, I, I think people are writing articles about, you know, Trump will weaponize the NSA and use them against uh, his enemies and so on and so forth. Um, you know, the people that I've been talking to, people around here, uh, and we are, you know, physically located close to NSA and many of the people who I work with um, have, uh, 
relationships with the NSA, if you uh, so to speak. Um, and they're saying that the NSA is actually, you know, quite well known as being a very independent agency. And, um, you know, they're confident that uh, they will maintain their independence and will certainly not do um, <laughs> things that uh, they're not supposed to do under the um, orders from um, from uh, from our new president. I can't even so, say the name. <laughs> it's hard to get off the tongue. Sorry, it's. <laughs> Well, you know what? I was thinking about that earlier today, how when I was a school kid, that how it was hard to get used to saying the name of the new president, you know, because they didn't happen that often when you're growing up. And um, and so you'd have a new president. It just didn't sound right. Uh, and yet somehow with this one, there seems to be a more emotional component to it. So I, I just don't. Yeah. 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 Violent yeah. gastric <laughs> distress is what, is what I, comes to mind. Outside right. of the fact that, uh, you know, when you say it, the mental image of just this glaring gold leaf flashing sign appears in your head which is just insane so <laughs> well uh, one of the comments I, I one of the things i i noticed uh, to to that point earlier this week uh, a friend of mine pointed out to me that uh, donald trump is going to be added to the hall of presidents at walt disney world yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so there's that yeah. to think about anyway moving, moving on, on. <laughs> I, I i do i do uh, i do uh, suggest that you do check out this article uh, Sarah really knows her stuff. This is a good article from Passcode. So if you're interested in you know, what we do know so far, this is a good read. Right. Very cool. All I right. never actually thought of Christian Science Monitor as a uh, place to go for cybersecurity news. Yeah, their their passcode group is actually doing a really good job. Uh, you know, it's a small group that uh, Christian Science Monitor has stood up to cover this kind of stuff, and um, you know, they're they're definitely worth a look. So I, I really suggest to our listeners uh, check them out. They're they're definitely worth a look, and they're good folks over there doing uh, you know doing a, doing good work. Added to the feed reader. Yeah. Um, moving on, a uh, story mm -hmm. came by uh, this week on The Verge. Why are Skype accounts getting hacked so easily, gentlemen? <laughs> do tell <laughs> I, I i got an email from microsoft at uh 4 a.m on uh monday uh, last week i think or what day was it jason i can't even remember I but yes remember I, I was either, hit with this as well yes i never got an email from him and i got i got just notes from friends that said yeah, uh, oh really i I, yeah. I, yeah. I actually was <laughs> contacted directly by microsoft they uh you they beat you to the punch jason because you were texting me in the morning yeah <laughs> I was sitting in our family room and my wife was sitting across from me and she said, uh, she said, Dave, why did you just send me a spam link on Skype? And I said, <laughs> I said, um, well, obviously I did not do that. Um, and uh, I said, from what account? And she said, told me the account. And I said, I had no idea I had that account because, <laughs> you know, I, 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 my main Skype usage is the professional account that we use with the CyberWire these days. And so... Evidently, I had an old account that I had no recollection of ever really setting up or ever using, but I guess I did. Um, and so in my case, I think it's probably just a case of, of an old, old account and probably password reuse, which is what this article points out as being what seems to be being targeted here. Um, and, and kind of a really bizarre way that Microsoft is handling passwords with Skype. <laughs> Yes, yes, that was definitely the main issue because uh, it, it is somewhat separate. I, I had a very secure Microsoft password set up for basically everything that isn't Skype. So, <laughs> whoopsies. Well, and and the, you know they have an option for linking your Skype account to your Microsoft account and then using two-factor on your Microsoft account. And you would think that you'd be okay if you did that, right? I mean, you'd think you'd yes. be okay if you did that. <laughs> well, it turns out, turns out, that uh, no, that Skype account can still be linked to the original username and password that does not have two-factor, and that seems to be what's happening here. So, 
uh, that's a pretty big hole that you can uh, drive a truck through. <laughs> drive so, a Baidu through. Yeah, so Microsoft has a fix. Um, but if you are a Skype user, or if you have ever been a Skype user, go ahead and uh, check out this article and uh, figure out how to uh, how to close that close that hole and change uh, your there. password. And if you used it anywhere else, go change it there too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good. I mean, for me, it was a good lesson of just sort of how many of these uh, you know old accounts that are just hanging around that you have no idea. For, this is probably from a decade ago when I was not as vigilant about password reuse and so forth. And, you know, out of the blue, it pops up and and there you go. So if you really I guess it's good to take an inventory sometimes, try to figure out, you know, where do I have these uh, zombie accounts that uh, that are hanging around? Hard, yeah. Easier said easier said than done. Definitely. I mean, I know I still have an Elo account somewhere. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, we've got, um, you know, we've, we've spoken in the past about the Mirai botnets. Those are the big botnets that, uh, the, the, that have taken down uh, parts of the Internet, uh, you know, the million-plus uh, uh, cameras and DVRs and, and things like that. Um, there's some interesting kind of good news when it comes to the botnets. You know, the source code for the Mirai botnet was released online, which meant that pretty much anybody could have a crack at it. And what has happened is that because uh, basically many more people are competing for the use of these available devices, these cameras, these DVRs, these unsecured devices, that the their ability to assemble any one powerful botnet has been greatly diminished, uh, researchers think. So, um, you know, we did see a couple of uh, attempts at some Mirai botnet attacks, uh, you know, around the election. And they weren't really able to rustle up uh, very large uh, botnets to, to do what they wanted to do. The, the attacks happened, but not at the scale of the original attack. So it's kind of an interesting thing, the, the sort of a self-limiting evolution of this ecosystem where um, perhaps with so many people trying to hit these devices, anyone's ability to round up a huge botnet, it may not be possible anymore. Uh, time will tell, but... Um, it's just kind of an interesting evolution of that kind of attack. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. I just yeah. uh, I got my my new security cameras. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the manuals in Chinese. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Right. I'm still. Does it say? On. Does, does it have a button that, that says activate Mirai? Yeah, might as well. <laughs> Seriously, it might as well. So I'm hooking them up in the house, but I am keeping them off the internet for sure. Well, did you change their passwords? I haven't even gotten that far yet. I'm trying to get past the uh, the hello world. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so you plugged the oh, okay? No, so, I've assembled them. I have a because it was an assemble yourself you kit. Oh, then I have to Jesus. put in my own hard drive. I haven't put the hard drive in yet. It's okay. I haven't plugged it in. Have it's you, like okay. the pieces are together, but now I have oh. to start plugging it in. As soon as All I get right. it plugged in, the password will get changed. I'm not a uh -huh. okay. Next, All right. next, next step: <laughs> smashed with hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. Oh, uh, all right. Well, speaking of speaking of the hackers, uh, and since the gift giving season is upon us, I found yeah. an interesting article on We Live Security, which is the ten mm -hmm. gadgets every white hat hacker needs in their toolkit. So, uh, for that uh, you know, for that discerning white hat hacker in the family, this is a good list of things that you should buy <laughs> to yeah. get them through the next four years. Yeah. I, and I love how articles like, and it is a good list, but I love how articles like this are every white hat, wink, wink, 
Yeah. We, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I guess it's sort of the, the uh, cybersecurity version of medicinal marijuana. You know, you put quotes <laughs> right. around, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm watching Westworld. I know you can actually switch hats. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Uh, no, it's an interesting list. Um, you know, this is sort of a, uh, uh, it's funny you, you go through here and besides just for the curious, you know, like, um, everything from, from raspberry pies to plain old fashioned lock picks, um, <laughs> and everything in between, uh, RF monitors, uh, ethernet, uh, scanners, the, the infamous rubber ducky, um, you know, things to scan, uh, Wi-Fi. I'm surprised um, the Pony Express isn't in here. It's a pretty major. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, there's a uh, an RFID scanner. Um, so yeah, you could do all kinds of um, of innocent research with research these based things. goodness for the world. <laughs> right, yes, right. I'm trying to think about you know what kind of goodness uh, would come of most of these, but um, we'll give them the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. Uh, you know, if you're into this kind of stuff, this is a nice uh, list. Or if someone you love is Thinking about perhaps a career in pen testing or something like that. Maybe you can <laughs> or plain old get crime. them off, <laughs> or a or a life of crime. Uh, you can get them off to a start with some of the things on this list. So yeah, definitely worth checking out. Mm. All right. Well, we'll let you get back to your drinking, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to finish the show so we can uh, do the same. All right. Exactly. Hang in there, guys. Talk to you next week. You too. Talk right. to you next week. Bye bye. Software, apps, and gadgets. I got a new gadget this week. Woo-hoo. I got the Shuttle Pro V2, which is okay. uh, it's a little gadget, a little USB gadget that sits on your desk for editing audio and video goodies. It's got like, was it nine buttons on the top, four on the bottom, two on the sides, a jog wheel, and a little shuttle in the middle. Yes, it's very pretty. Yeah, I'm trying to get better at, uh, more efficient at editing audio because I have to do it so much. So anything that I can get to really cut down on um, back and forth on the keyboard, because I use like seven mm-hmm. key commands and that's it. So I can just assign them to these buttons and that way I exactly, like almost yeah. never have to touch the keyboard. Uh, it's, yep. it's a learning curve because I'm using my left hand with that and my right hand on the mouse. So it's like a whole different new uh, learning curve. But so far, I love it. It's pretty, it's uh, pretty swank. It makes your life really easy. I mean, when I was using Pro Tools a lot back in the day, there was a special Pro Tools keyboard that you could order. And it's just, I mean, once you got used to it, it everything went so much faster. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm all about yep. uh, efficiencies because I need to make more money. <laughs> yes. Don't we all now? Yes. We, <laughs> the clock is ticking. Yes, it is. <laughs> so I found this cool article um, about this new iPad accessory that will help you scan an entire room from your iPad. I... I, I ran across this as well this week, and I, I ran over to the show notes and found out that you had put this in already. Uh, when I first moved into the the place that I bought here in Santa Monica, I was using some of these really cheap, rudimentary, early-on apps that sucked. This is pretty badass. Yeah, it uses a sensor called the Structure, which you slap on your... Uh, you can actually use it on your phone or your iPad, but it's got a cool case for the iPad. Um, and it's got multiple sensors on it, so you get depth on it. And you mm-hmm. basically paint the room with it, and uh, you get kind of a rudimentary 3D model of it. But then you yep. can send it off to um, the service, which will turn it into a CAD drawing for you within 48 hours for 29 bucks. It's nuts. I know. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. That's insane. It's so insane. But it's pretty It's pretty cool. I mean, I would love to see a much simpler version of this that just lets you kind of do that and then, like, 
try different uh, arrangements of furniture and do different uh, colors on on the wall to see what she'd like to things to look at. I mean, that's all I would really want. But I mean, as terms of high end stuff, this is unbelievable. Yeah, so, give it give it time. I'm very, sure they'll get cool. there. The uh, the uh, the scanner is three hundred and seventy nine bucks, and it yep. uh, you have to get this app called Canvas. And then, yep. like I said, it's like twenty nine bucks to have it turned into a CAD file within forty eight hours, which is insane. That, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah. hey, look, a whole other industry has been disrupted. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Pretty much, there you go, uh, Jason. I know you've been having some issues with your phone, and you have this strange, you know, fond memory of of folding phones. So I did run something in the news that I thought of you about. Uh, Samsung has a new patent because you know their phones are blowing up and. They got to have something at this point. Uh, this is an old school flip phone with new technology. It looks kind of groovy if it's going to work the way it says it's going to. Uh, the patent is a little, you can't really tell too much about what's going on, but it does seem to be mostly metal with some gritting in the center where you could actually literally fold it uh, and stick it in your back pocket, I suppose. Well, <laughs> yeah, let's let's we'll let's see, see how, how well that, that works. I'll, I'll wait for V2 on that one. Yeah, I would, I would definitely do that. I mean, I'd. Maybe wait till past six because those are the phones that are blowing up now. So it seems yeah. to take a, a while to get things any anything good there. But it's an interesting design, and I do wonder if there's a market for it because I think at this at this point we're all we don't want folding phones anymore. No, I think we've hit pretty much peak cell phone. <laughs> it's, yeah, me too. Not, I think there's we're, not so much more you can do. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, interesting. But uh, what uh, scientists have figured out what you can do with the old good old USB stick is now you can perform <laughs> HIV tests. Okay. It's pretty cool. Uh, you put a little drop of blood on it, stick it into your computer. It's got a little uh, device that these little um, disposable like chips that uh, t- take your blood clip into. Yeah. And within 20 to 30 minutes, you have a test result, which is far shorter than the three days it takes right now. Huh. That's you, pretty cool. Yeah, you don't have to ship off the blood to a lab and wait for uh, you know wait for the results and all that good stuff. You can just do it right there wherever you're at. So if you're out in the field and you need yep. to be doing uh, HIV tests, it's a cool piece of technology. That is very, very cool. And yeah, now you don't have to get the uh, $500 bill from the lab, too. Yeah, so. no, but so at least these people are worried about real things, which I like. Yes. Wow. We have a story of substance, Jason. I do what I can. Let's destroy that now. <laughs> Let's, Let's destroy, destroy it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right. The holiday is coming. I did bring these up before. These are the Star Wars battle quads, but they have updated their video. Mm-hmm. It is so badass looking. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, I'm being swayed just like, you know, as if I were an eight year old child watching watching the commercials before Christmas as well. There's no way they're going to be this cool in real life. But the video is pretty badass. You know, you're getting one. Did you pre-order? I have. I, I did. I pre-ordered Millennium Falcon. I'm getting the Millennium Falcon. I, I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, you know, the, we talked last week about how the government's going to be retraining a bunch of people in droid flying. I, I better learn how to fly one. Might as well. Okay. Let me know how that goes. My my time with my drone didn't didn't end so well. So <laughs> I was going to ask, have you given up on that? I gave it away because I broke it so severely that uh, it needed <laughs> to be fixed. So I, I gave it to my friend uh, Monkey Thirteen, who we've who we've talked with about on the show. And uh, he fixed it. All right. He actually took it apart, fixed it, got some new Chinese uh, firmware <laughs> updates on it, and got it to fly. So excellent. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad somebody that has at least a modicum of skill could make it work. Because <laughs> for me, it was a $250 brick after I uh, ran it into the ground far too many times. Oopsies. Well, hopefully, yeah. I'll be a little bit better doing the Kessel Run. 
We'll see. I did put a uh, a video in the show notes of the original Star Wing or uh, X Wing and Tie Fighter commercials. Yes, which is pretty funny. <laughs> I yeah, oh yeah, I you know total nostalgia there too. I remember seeing those. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, if you want to hear our original conversation on this, you can check out episode one seventy of Grumpy Old Geeks entitled "Brian's Getting a Drone." Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we're at uh, episode one eighty five. Still don't have one yet, but pre ordered. Media Candy. I tend to not watch Saturday Night Live, but uh, I check out the best of on the tube of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I did I did get to see the new Benedict Cumberbatch uh, toilet advertisement. Have you gotten to see this one yet? It's pretty funny. It's pretty damn funny. They're making fun of Apple, of course. Yes. Yes. But, that was uh, very, that's the good part about it. Yes. yes. The cool Quite toilet funny. from Kohler. Uh, <laughs> it'll be in the show notes. You have to go watch it if you haven't seen it. Uh, and yep. if it gets taken down, these have been getting, it's been playing whack-a-mole with these. But uh, if you can't, just search for Cumberbatch Toilet. Yep. <laughs> Go from there. <laughs> yes, enjoy that ad to your Google record. Yes, and the follow-on ads that you'll <laughs> see for two weeks. Um, yes. Also, Honest Trailers has finally uh, gotten around to taking on Sherlock. So yeah. it was. it's also well worth the watch. I never noticed how much he sniffs things. Yes, all the time. Uh, it's very funny. It in no way uh, decreased my love for the show itself. It just uh, made me enjoy it even more. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and yes. Watson's surprised face was what I think I, I lost it the most. <laughs> yeah, it was good stuff. Very funny. Um, so Star Trek, is the reboot is still eventually coming at some point, apparently, mm-hmm. even though I have talked to the supposedly all production is taking place in Toronto. I know people that work in the production industries in Toronto and nobody has seen or heard anything about any production being done anywhere. So if hmm. they are shooting anything, no one knows of it as of this point. Uh, but because it will not be on CBS proper and it will be on um, CBS is uh, basically you're going to have to pay six dollars a month to get their all access, which is where they're going to be carrying it. Uh, they asked uh, the head of uh, head of CBS Interactive whether there could possibly be nudity or cursing, and he said, "Sure, why not? Nice, but you know, but you know they won't because you know those, if it's a big enough hit, they're going to want to take it elsewhere." So yeah. Yeah, no green boobies for you. (laughs) There will be no green boobies, no matter what they say. Uh, And a new international Rogue One trailer has hit. It is cool. It's got maybe 20 to 30 seconds of new footage in it. But uh, definitely worth watching if you're starting to drool at the mouth of the thought of this movie being out like I am. Okay, I'll have to go check it out for sure. Yeah. I was going to go see a movie tomorrow and see the trailer again, but I have to work. (laughs) Because it's one of those. (laughs) I got to pay. Got to keep that Coors Light flowing. That's right, man. Uh, one thing that will not be flowing in my house just because I hate sweaters is the Iron Maiden uh, holiday sweater, which is they, they you know, the Daily Dot says it's the ugliest Christmas sweater you've ever seen. And I just I heartily disagree. I have seen far uglier. I would actually I, I quite like this. I'm not into Iron Maiden because I'm not, you know, eight years old anymore. Hey, kiss but my ass. <laughs> this is. <laughs> yeah, and friend of the show, Mike, I sent this along to him. He may possibly be uh, ordering it at the moment. It is. Uh, I, I'm totally okay with this. I think it's great. I do too. Yes, so, I, I want one. Um, I was doing a clean out of my hard drives this week to uh, <laughs> to protect myself against the new and improved NSA that will be coming. Um, <laughs> and I found I found the screenplays for all three of the Cornetto uh, trilogy movies: Shaun of the Dead, right. Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. So right. I, I thought that they were so amazing that I went back and I found the original blog post from 2014 where mm-hmm. Edgar Wright gave them away. Right. Uh, check out his website, by the way. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it does a nice 8-bit <laughs> uh, 
eight bit job of his website. I, I dig it. But um, I like that. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Very cool. Once I found these, I'm I'm like I'm good. That's my weekend. I am going to hunker down and I'm going to have a Cornetto trilogy, uh, uh, just movie marathon <laughs> to kind of try and scrape away the the insides of my mind for a while because those movies are so good. And they are. Uh, I think when I'm done, maybe on Sunday I'll just watch Spaced from start to finish because that was also amazing from the from the <laughs> old days. And then let's wrap with Valerian. In the city of a thousand planets, the trailer came out today. Oh my god! Uh, I saw a post about this earlier. Going, this is the sci-fi movie we've all been waiting for. Uh, you forced me to watch the trailer. I would like the one minute and fifty-six seconds of my life back. This looks horrible. It looks pretty damn bad. <laughs> no, not just kind of bad. This looks like it was directed by a four-year-old. Well, it is Luke this Besson, is horrible. So. <laughs> no, that's true. I, I, the people, the, the actors can't act. The CGI characters are laughable. Uh, this, oh god, this is like everything that was wrong with the George Lucas prequels, uh, mixed with like uh, what's the horrible thing that everybody loves that I can't stand? Avatar, uh, and then throwing people that can't act. Uh, yeah. So yeah, waiting okay, on so bated breath it. for this one. <laughs> enjoy that, everyone. Uh, it's so sad because I'm such a Luke Besson fan, but he just hasn't been able to pull one out in so long. Gonna... He should have uh, sto- he should have stopped I after the professional. It's, <laughs> it's time to let go of the love of him. I think it's, it's time to admit that he sucks. Unfortunately, I, I might have to go down that road as much as it, yeah. as, much, as much as it pains me. Look, play a little game with me, Jason, as soon as we're done recording this segment. Just uh, hit play on the trailer and just drag yourself to any frame. <laughs> any frame in this trailer and tell me if it looks stupid because I just played that game myself and every single time it looks stupid. Yeah, I don't have to I don't have to play that game. It looks really stupid. Moron of the week. Do we really even need to say it? Ooh, fancy. Fancy. Ooh, fancy. In times like these, I like to think about things like maybe reality isn't real. <laughs> Are you going? Are you going down the Elon Musk? We're in a we're in a simulation. The Elon hole? Musk, the the Matrix, the all of that, except you know this time from an actual scientist. Uh, this is a long form read. Link in the show notes. It's it's you know it's fun to think about. Uh, this is guy this guy Donald D Hoffman. He's professor of cognitive science at the UC, at UCI. Uh, he spent the past three decades studying perception, artificial intelligence, evolutionary game theory, and the brain. And his conclusion is a dramatic one. The world presented to us by our perceptions is absolutely nothing like reality. What's more, he says, we have evolution itself to think thank for this magnificent illusion as it maximizes evolutionary fitness by driving truth to extinction driving truth to extinction doesn't that sound like a good campaign slogan <laughs> okay it's anyway it's worth a read yeah. <laughs> the web's not dead oh no it's not I have a good uh, friend living in Canada who actually happens to be German and is from Germany and is an immigrant who lives in Canada because they don't mind those sorts of things there. Uh, he sent me this link. Uh, it's a German comedy duo. So this is just in the who said the Germans don't have a sense of humor file. Uh, it's a bit dated now, obviously. But 45 minutes of fun watching two Germans run around the U.S. It's called Grab the U.S. by the Pussy. Okay. So good times. Yeah. <laughs> 
So moving on. Okay, I'll check that out. I found a video on Vimeo this week where developers read one-star reviews. Ah, so this is the uh, tech equivalent of uh, the celebrities reading mean tweets on Twitter? Basically, or us doing comment of the week. Oh, okay. <laughs> we get a one star. It's yeah, fairly interesting. Like it's it, it's a it's a fun little watch. It does have Marco Arment in it, and I like I like seeing him read his own one star reviews because oh that's that is funny. Yeah. Uh, so definitely <laughs> check it out. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it it is very relevant this week, I found the website for Brondo. It's, it's got electrolytes. Plants, it's what plants crave. <laughs> God damn. Uh, somebody uh, had actually, somebody from Omni Consumer Products a couple years ago went back and relicensed Brondo and was selling it on ThinkGeek. But the, nice. the product is dead. The website is still there. So it's fun to go check out and watch the old videos. So. Good stuff. Good yes. stuff. It's and I put the link in. I put the link into Omni Consumer Products as well because it seemed to be a I like their domain Omni Products or Omni Consumer Products Corporation dot com. <laughs> yeah, they do some good stuff like Sex Panther. Yep. Oh my. Oh my. Uh, they've got the Fight Club soap. Yeah, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. So go check. Go check out some Brondo because yes, it's what plants crave. Comment of the week. We have a new Patreon subscriber this week. Woohoo! Woo! Thank you, Michael Kurth, for uh, signing up and uh, giving us a little bit of love on Patreon. We uh, really we, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we do appreciate it. We also got a uh, contribution from Gil Feria, so, uh, who also wrote, Thank you. It's a very small contribution for a great podcast. Keep up the good work, Gil. Thank you. Thank you very much, Gil. Yep, we love it. Now we're moving on to some iTunes five-star reviews. Now, this first one comes from, I believe it's pronounced Jikinator. Yep. Funny, even for millennials. Solid information, most of the time. As a millennial who hates millennials, I can really appreciate many of their perspectives on current events and how they are handled within society. Really, the only time I found myself going, come on, guys, is in very select few situations where hardware is skimmed over or not considered. But it's absolutely not a big enough deal to knock a star off this great show. Love the show, guys. Appreciate the work you put into it. Thank you very much, well, Jackinator. Yeah, thank you. I'm not entirely sure what hardware we're skimming over or not considering, but hey, okay, sorry, we'll try to do that more. Probably, I guess. probably Android. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't talk about Android very much. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, our next five star rating is from Mike five six three. Just the right level of cynicism. It's great to find a podcast. <laughs> Well, you think it's been bad the past few years. <laughs> it's great to find a podcast where the hosts both understand the tech they're talking about while treating it with the disdain it deserves. Sick of all the gushing casts about how wonderful all the new insert buzzword here tech is? Check out Grumpy Old Geeks. Thanks, Mike. Thank you very much, Mike563. Next one comes from Ben Floyd. Darn tootin'. <laughs> hey, guys, I've been a fan of the show for a while. My right, my, my wife, my wife recently had a baby and I was stuck in the hospital and binge listened to at least 20 episodes. My condolences, my friend. Uh, congratulations uh, on the baby. Condolences yep. on the 20 episodes. Exactly. <laughs> As always, your show rocks. You two have a great dynamic and I love Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire coming on. Subscribe to them as well. Thanks to your show. I like your podcast enough to suffer through iTunes on Windows to submit this review. That's saying something. Keep up the great work and stay grumpy, my friends. Well, thank you, Ben. <laughs> and uh, we, we had some more feedback from Ben, but I think this was the best. And uh, we really appreciate it, Ben. And uh, yeah, thank we you like so Dave much. On the, we like Dave on the show, too. Yeah, yeah, we do. 
So thank you very much. Uh, and finally, we have a some feedback from our website, grumpylgeeks.com. This is from Barrett Rees. Uh, comment. Okay. I have to bitch. I have to bitch like a 46-year-old software engineer, yet I love the show. I love Airbnb. As someone who has traveled the globe to 80-plus countries and has seen the shitty hostel scene in the U.S., I can understand how Airbnb evolved. When I travel, I don't really care what the hotel slash bed is like. I'm there for the sights. Here in the States, I'd rather pay 35 bucks for a bed in Cleveland than pay 200 for a bed two miles closer. True story. The tax money I could care less about. The money that flows into the city from tourist offsets that minimal amount made through Airbnb. Well, I'm glad that you have decided the tax policy for all major municipalities. <laughs> Um, we offer our home to couch surfers who pay nothing. It's a great way to beat people from other states slash countries. My wife and I both Airbnb and couch surfing. Sure, we could easily pay for a boring hotel, but we've made great friends via couch surfers and Airbnb. Taxes would never offset the experience. Again, that's your personal choice. Sure, there can be crappy renters, but that is few and far between. If if the U.S. actually had decent hostels, then Airbnb and couch surfer probably would have never emerged love the show well thanks for all your feedback barrett i we will agree to disagree i'm glad that you like the experiences that you're having i don't have a problem with airbnb existing i don't have a problem with uber existing but there are rules they should have to pay by them and part of that is paying the taxes and just because you're okay with them not paying the taxes does not mean it's okay okay way to crap on our uh, our feedback that's good yeah no i like the guy though that's why people what? love us yeah. well, come on now, if somebody wrote and said, I think the show's great, but Jason should really shut the fuck up about Bam Bam. How'd you feel? Uh, we have actually gotten <laughs> that feedback, if I remember, a couple episodes ago. So I thought it was clever. Okay. All right. Well, I, I like the guy. Thank you. I'm glad you wrote in. And uh, differing opinions are good. That's what this country used to be based on. Yes, it is. Thanks for all the feedback. Head over to GrumpyOldGeeks.com and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And uh, that Brian will bring up to poop on. My shout out this week is to Coors Light and Top Ramen. Two things that I think that I will be partaking of in great quantities over the coming four years. <laughs> uh, I, uh, hey, hey, my shout outs to everybody. Hang in there. I don't don't do stupid shit. There and, you go. And be excellent to each other. How's <laughs> be, that? Be, ex be excellent to each other because uh, we all need a little we need a little excellent right now. Yeah, we need a giant hug. <laughs> yes. Uh, just don't do a reach around and grab them by the... Uh, okay, never mind. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo. All my info and links are at about.me slash JPD. You ruined an almost beautiful moment there, Jason. It's my I, job. I, I know, I know. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus, where I will not be posting any more about the election. If you'd like to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash GOG and sign up. Even as little a buck a month helps keep us on the air. If you're cheap or broke but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a glowing review and five stars. At the very least, please share the show with your friends. Grumpyoldgeeks.com is where you can listen to shows, leave feedback, ask us questions that we can read on the air, or find links to our awesome sponsors and stuff we like. We also have our new subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash gogpodcast. We're on Twitter at GOG Podcast and on Instagram at Grumpy Old Geeks. Please take our super fast user survey at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash survey. It'll take you less than 30 seconds to do it, and it'll help us know who the hell you are. Intro music for the show is provided by The Band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Apple Music, or get 10 exclusive tracks when you sponsor us on Patreon. 
Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Sochansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy, and he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy, where you can listen to this song in its entirety. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 185.